The Water Values Podcast is sponsored by the following market-leading companies and organizations. By Mentor APM, intelligent asset management software built for water. By 374 Water, pioneering a new era in sustainability. By Woodard & Curran, high-quality consulting engineering, science, and operations services. By Intera, innovation and stewardship for a sustainable tomorrow. By Xylem, let's solve water. By the American Waterworks Association, dedicated to the world's most important resource. By Black & Veatch, building a world of difference. And by Can Do, providing actionable insights from utility wastewater data to improve environmental and public health. This is session 219. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey and thank you for joining me. Today is a very important interview because we're going to discuss the AWWA and Water Now Alliance's new leadership program, the Transformative Water Leadership Academy. Barb Martin, the AWWA's Director of Engineering and Technical Services, is here to discuss this fantastic leadership training opportunity. I'll leave it to Barb to discuss program details, which, again, she does an awesome job of. But I'm going to quickly talk about the financial obligations. Uh, Tuition for the Transformative Water Leadership Academy is free for this inaugural session. However, participants will be required to pay for some travel expenses, lodging, airfare, etc., so to help ensure that those, albeit you know, minor expenses, do not derail a great future water leader from attending, the Water Values Podcast is going to offer a scholarship of up to $2,000 to reimburse those expenses that the Academy participants must, must cover on their own. The application is going to be available later in September, but to get on the list to receive that application, please email me at david.mcgimsey at dentons.com. And if any businesses or established water leaders would like to offer a similar opportunity, please email me and I'd be happy to let Academy applicants know about other options for financial support. So I I really hope that you take advantage of this opportunity to defray some of uh, of those expenses associated with the Transformative Water Leadership Academy because this is going to be a great program. Well, we always start our podcast with a hearty thank you to our sponsors. Again, Mentor APM, 374 Water, Woodard and Curran, Intera, Xylem, the American Waterworks Association, Black and Veatch, and Can Do. That, my friends, is a terrific collection of impactful companies that have decided to support water industry thought leadership and education. And thank you all. Uh, and I'd like for you to do me a favor, uh, you the listener, if you work for or with any of those sponsor firms, please thank your boss or thank your contact at that firm and tell them that you appreciate their leadership in the industry through the sponsorship. Just that little note of thanks goes a long way. And as long as you're letting the sponsors know that you appreciate their support of water industry education and thought leadership, why not leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, or whatever other podcast directory you're accessing the podcast on. would be greatly appreciated and, of course, helps others find out about the podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Well, before we head on to the interview with Barb, where she's going to talk about this great leadership program that uh, AWWA and Water Now Alliance 
are establishing. Let's go to our Bluefield on Tap segment with Bluefield Research's Reese Tisdale, who is going to talk about two major happenings uh, over the last month in the water sector. So take it away, guys. Reese, welcome to another Bluefield on Tap segment. How are you doing today? Pretty good, Dave. How about yourself? Pretty good. We got, we're got. we going to dispense with the baseball and football talk, even though there's a lot to talk about because they're there, there's a lot to talk about in the sports world, but there's also a lot to talk about in the water space. Uh, there's been a lot of movement in the last uh, uh, month in a couple different fronts. So, what, what's, what's your, what's pick your poison? What do you want to talk about first? So, the good, bad, or the ugly? Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's go to the ugly because it sets the stage maybe for the second point we can talk about. Um, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, talk about a mess that sort of. If anything, it's in the news, no matter what outlet you look at, there's a lot of finger pointing happening about the failed water system that's had problems over the years. Everything from water meters and and improper billing and lawsuits to a Texas winter storm that froze the system last year, causing all sorts of problems. Now we've got a city of about 150,000 people that don't even have access to clean, reliable drinking water. They're having to truck it in in some cases. Yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy. Do you have any um, insight on what caused this this latest crisis in Jackson? I, you know, I think it's basically, and maybe this is really a symptom of of infrastructure as a whole uh, across the U.S. So, you know, while everybody's going to look at Jackson as um, a problem and a significant problem at that, it really gets at um, just deferred investment in water wastewater systems um, that ideally would be addressed through things like the investment and you know the investment act that was passed recent just this past summer. But these systems cost money; they have to be maintained and kept up. And you know, I think also it's a leadership issue, whether it be at the local level or but also the state level. Um, there's been a migration, people. Outside of Jackson, Mississippi, as I think most people know, it's a pretty poor state as a whole. Jackson itself is pretty poor. And so one of the issues is if you're not collecting enough money through your rate base to pay for the system, the money's got to come from somewhere else. And in a city like that, that's what's needed. Yeah. So it's it's a problem. Somewhere I bet Manny Teodoro has some thoughts on this, uh, you know, because he's he's got his thing about you you need to get out of the blame defer uh paradigm and get into the the credit taking paradigm where because too way too many political figures don't invest in it because you can't see it and all that and figure out it's it's going to blow up on somebody else's watch not mine yeah i mean what it manny's into the uh political decoupling and and quite honestly i mean that's what's happening in the western u s as well right with the Colorado river if it becomes a becomes politically focused, then really nothing happens and it's it's really the tragedy of the commons Absolutely. where everybody's suffering and in this case um it's going to cost a lot of money. And so the money is potentially there now, right? I mean, with what the federal government is willing to do, uh, whether it be through state revolving funds and other measures, but it does require leadership and someone to step forward and and kind of take charge. And if, quite honestly, someone's going to have to make some tough decisions. Yeah, perfectly. 
You know, it, it's interesting you say state leadership. That's just a segue, kind of a, a hint at what's going to be coming in the feature interview today. But let, but before we get to that, you mentioned that this uh, the Jackson situation might segue into the other big news in the water space. So what's that? Yeah. So, and the reason I bring this up, one, it is big news, but also because we're talking about water system infrastructure management and it has to do with privatization. And that is the really the big news is that Corix Utilities, who's based, I guess, technically out of uh, Vancouver and uh, Southwest Water, have decided to merge. So what we're looking at is a kind of a reshuffling of sorts across the leading investor in utilities in the U.S., which pushes the combined companies into the top five. Yeah. So... Is there a geographic synergy here? What 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 drove the the merger between Corix and Southwest? It's interesting. I mean, the combined entities will serve about 1.3 million customers, which is 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 pretty big. Um, but what's interesting is Southwest actually has a much smaller geographic footprint. Uh, it's really it's only in about seven states, of which the majority of its customers, I think, are in California, actually. But it has been a Aggressive might be a stretch, but it has been acquiring systems over the past couple of years, whereas Corix, on the other hand, is active in 18 states, of which only, I think, two, maybe three overlap. So there is an expansion kind of depending on how you look at it geographically. So it becomes a, a pretty significant uh, investor in utility geographically um, in size, it scales. But Corix has been pretty quiet you know really you know it was it was acquired in 2012 um from hydrostar uh group out of british columbia acquired them and they've been sort of quiet you know because they acquired utilities inc utilities inc and Corex sort of all came together and it's not you know there there are questions about the utility and sort of and i think they've been trying to sort of uh streamline things over the past couple of years. I know Corex had divested its water products company, but now it's seemingly they're getting out of water altogether. Um with with Southwest CEO Rob McLean taking over uh executive leadership of the combined entities which will close next year, twenty twenty three. Yeah. I'm sure they've got some um uh, regulatory approvals they need to get through, but uh interesting stuff. So in terms of of that being the big news, I mean, how does that how does that interplay potentially with the Jackson situation? Well, I think what it does is, you know, I look at it from a couple of different angles, or at least Bluefield does, and that is the Jackson situation, once again, similar to Flint, similar to what happened in Pittsburgh, it just raises the question about utility ownership or our customers receiving the services not only that they're paying for but also that they need or deserve um and so you know the is there a role for private entities to step in and you know in this case it's a larger entity that um is active in that region of the country they could be a potential bidder if jackson ultimately ends up going in that direction i'm not saying that that's way down the road there's too much uh clean up to happen between now and then, but it, it just points to the role of private uh, companies and obviously companies like Essential 
formerly Aqua, American, and also Central States. They're, they've been buying smaller systems in Mississippi. Um, but there are a number of big players that uh, would be interested in a large you know, uh, customer base such as Jackson or other cities. Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be a great turnaround story if, some, if a private entity bought it and actually fixed the system up and got service standards up. You know, I'm not a religious man, but God bless them if they can do it. <laughs> Very good. Well, Reese, it's always great talk with you, and we'll be ex- we'll be uh, watching these uh, developments as the, as things move along. You know, because we're early early days right now in both of these situations. So, um, thanks for bringing this to our attention, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Dave. Have a good one, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Bye. As always, great information from Bluefield Research and Reese Tisdale. Uh, Now it's on to our featured guest, Barb Martin of the AWWA, discussing the Transformative Water Leadership Academy. So let's get that water flowing. Well, Barb, welcome to the Water Values Podcast. It is great to have you on. How are you today? I am doing just great, and it's a pleasure to be speaking with you this morning. Yeah, I'm excited with with what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, But before we jump into that... I know you you hold an important position at the AWWA, one of the uh, trade organizations that's near and dear to all of our hearts in the water sector. But uh, before we get into that, could you tell us a little about your background and how you came into the water sector? Oh, my goodness. I would be happy to. I have been in the water sector now. This is my 25th year. But like many water professionals, it was not my original intention when I was heading off into my professional life. I actually started uh, college as a euphonium performance major. So I was um, looking to to be a professional musician and and saw really quickly that um, it's difficult to make a living as a professional euphonium player. So I switched gears. I made the the most natural step in the world to uh, to major in uh, chemistry, graduated with a chemistry degree from from Boston University, went to graduate school at the Colorado School of Mines, where I received a master's in geochemistry, but my work there focused on disinfection byproduct formation. That was my entree into the water sector. Uh, When I graduated from there, I got a job for a a water sector service provider and uh, just kind of went from there. I've been in water for the rest of my career. Awesome. Awesome. And so what are you doing these days? Today, I am Director of Engineering and Technical Services for the American Water Works Association, where I work with more than 20 staff and over 4,000 volunteers in the development of uh, technical resources to support the water community. Great. And, and what message are you wanting to deliver today? What, what's kind of the, uh, the important things on your mind? Oh, there's there's so many, but what I want to focus on today is um, the AWWA and WaterNow Transformative Water Leadership Academy, which is a new leadership development program for emerging water sector leaders. Okay, I'd love to to dig into the details about that, but before we dig into de- into the into those details, can you talk a little about why is why is the the program itself needed? What's what's its raison d'être? Oh, workforce, I think we all know, is a challenge currently. And in fact, in AWWA's annual State of the Water Industry Survey, 
The challenge of an aging workforce and anticipated retirements was ranked number four out of the top 20 water sector challenges, which actually jumped up from number eight the previous years. And and there's a lot of reasons for that, as as we know, Um, from the great resignation and the struggles that we've all had with with recruiting uh, water professionals. But also uh, further than that, you know, the Brookings Institution has done some work on the water workforce and has identified that um, 30 to 50 percent of water employees will be eligible to retire in the next five to 10 years. So it's it's really important that we um, prepare and educate that next generation of, of water sector leaders. Um, But even beyond that, our sector remains challenged by utility leadership that doesn't always reflect the demographics of the communities they serve. Um, Looking at a Water Research Foundation study that Manny Teodoro conducted back in 2013, he showed that only 6.1% of water utility CEOs uh, were female at that time. More than 95% were white and only 1.3% were Latino. So there's there's a lot of opportunity for improvement in the diversity of our water workforce. Um, And, you know, the Transformative Water Leadership Academy aims to do just that by recruiting participants um, from around the country, representing diversity on a variety of different levels. Yeah. So that's a great segue into just talking about the program itself. So can you can you talk about uh, how you're setting this up, who's involved, things of that nature? Oh, absolutely. So the Transformative Water Leadership Academy, or TWLA by short, is a cohort-based experiential leadership development program for emerging water sector leaders. It's a 10-month program, which we're going to offer in a hybrid format, so a mix of in-person and and virtual events. Um, And this is a program where we are hoping to uh, educate and develop the next generation of water utility leaders um, providing them with the tools that they need to address water, the water sector challenges of today um, and those of tomorrow. Yeah. So 10 month program um, that is a mix of in-person and virtual. So what is going to be required of these participants or, or applicants if they are selected uh, in terms of travel and things like that? So, you know, what, what can people go in, So they go into with open eyes, essentially. Yeah, no, that that is a great question. Um, Applications are due September 15th, and we are asking that applicants um, commit to uh, being able to participate in in the vast majority of the Transformative Water Leadership Academy sessions. So the inaugural cohort of the program will run from November 2022 through August 2023. Um, And the the various events in this time frame include two in-person sessions. We're looking at holding them in February and in August 2023, with the August event being um, the, the culminating event, kind of the graduation ceremony for this initial cohort. Between that, there'll be six virtual sessions. We're looking at three hours each split over two days, which will be 
you know, scattered throughout this period, probably in about a four to six week period. Um, and then we'll have four virtual facilitated small group meetings. Um, and that's important because we are aiming to have 50 participants in this first cohort. And we know that's a lot to manage in a single event. So the um, participants will be broken down into smaller work groups of about uh, four to five um, throughout this process. Beyond being able to attend the events, we also ask that participants um, commit to completing an individualized capstone project, which is of their choosing and is encouraged to be community specific to meet their needs and the needs of the utility and the community they serve. And we also ask that participants be willing to share outcomes from their participation in the program, uh, either through a conference presentation at an AWWA, AWWA section conference or the conference of their choosing, or by writing an article for publication in a variety of publications. Yeah. So it, it really sounds like it's a pretty, it's not going to be so time intensive that they're going to have to miss out on the regular work. It's not expected to be. So the two in-person meetings do mean time out of the office. We're probably three days in total. It would be a one and a half day session, um, but that's twice during the year. So hopefully it's not an overwhelming time commitment for anyone involved. Um, we do ask that participants have a letter of support from their employers so that we know their employers are supportive of their participation. Um, and, you know, the investment really is, is minimal in terms of the professional growth and advancement opportunities that, that hopefully are cohort participants will realize once they finish this program. Yeah. So like, who are you hoping is, is going to apply? Like what, what is your ideal candidate or range of the, the uh, candidates you're looking for? Well, we are looking for emerging water sector leaders with about three to 10 years of work experience, uh, with two years of that being water sector experience, preferably at a utility or a closely related field, we're asking for some level of supervisory or management experience, and this can be really broad. So it can be people management uh, or project management, either in professional, volunteer, or community work. Um, and we're really looking to um, you know, improve, improve and enhance the diversity of, of water sector leadership. So we're looking for a diverse cohort um, to help ensure that our future water sector leadership reflects the communities they serve. And that, that diversity um, is really broadly defined. So uh, beyond geographic diversity, we are encouraging participants from underserved communities to apply, um, as well as those who bring diversity to the cohort in, in a variety of different ways. Um, and the one thing I would say is, um, you know, prospective applicants may look at this list of, of what we're looking for and say, well, I have a unique background. I'm not sure I quite match up with everything you're looking for. And I would encourage them to apply because I think that diversity in professional backgrounds and diversity of experience is also a really important piece that we're hoping to bring to this initial cohort. Yeah, absolutely. And for the applicants, what when, when they're considering uh, applying for this, you know, what, what kind of skills can they expect to develop? Um, and, you know, what kind of, yeah, that, that's, that's the question, right? What kind of skills can they expect to develop? Yeah. Yeah. We are, um, 
working within the framework of sustainable community leadership principles, while in each workshop bringing in the individual leadership skills that emerging water professionals will need to succeed. So the sustainable community leadership principles, I'll just run through some of them so you have a kind of a framework for what, what I'm talking about. Those principles include build community, protect public health, safeguard the environment, advance diversity, equity, and inclusion, strengthen public trust, inspire innovation, and think globally and act locally. And while we cover those principles in this series of events throughout the cohort, we're also hoping to tie them to some key leadership skills that these leaders will need to succeed. And some of those include things like emotional intelligence, being able to write with purpose, uh, how to approach difficult conversations, persuasive speaking, media training, um, team dynamics and leadership and, and coalition building. And what we're really hoping is that these skills will prepare emerging leaders to guide their utilities through positive trans, uh, transformation in the 21st century uh, while helping them to deliver on the triple bottom line of social, environmental, and financial performance. And through this program and, and through this skills enhancement, we hope that they do have opportunities for professional advancement, um, feeling a sense of empowerment to take ownership of the future direction of their organization, an increased leadership capacity and ability to support innovative approaches that ultimately will enhance the uh, resilience and sustainability of uh, the water sector as a whole in the utilities that many of these cohort participants work for. Got it. And how, how can an interested uh, person apply for the program? They can apply for the program on the AWWA website. The address is awwa.org slash TWLA for Transformative Water Leadership Academy. There is a button there that will allow prospective participants to complete a simple application uh, with some personal information about themselves. We ask them to submit a resume and also answer a few questions so that we're able to learn more about uh, their personal story and their own perspectives on um, leadership and what it means to them. The applications will be open online through September 15th. Great. And uh, there's no application fee or anything like that that people got to worry about. It's just filling out the application and submitting your, your employer letter and the other information that you've kind of identified. That's correct. There is no fee to apply for the program. And, um, you know, thanks to some generous funding from EPA's Innovative Workforce Development Grant, we're actually able to offer the inaugural cohort tuition free. So the only costs um, that are required of selected participants is to be able to travel to the in-person events, um, both at, at the end of the cohort and once during the cohort period. Got it. Uh, what about what about how is how is AWWA, AWWA and Water Now Alliance going to staff this program? 
That's a great question. And I do want to speak a little bit just generally about AWWA's partnership with Water Now Alliance for this program, because it is a very important partnership for, for AWWA. Uh, Water Now Alliance, for those not as familiar with the organization, is, is another nonprofit organization in the water space that focuses a bit more on municipal officials and elected leaders um, in the water sector. So right there, it helps us to achieve diversity of professions for for the cohort participants. Um, Water Now Alliance has been working on some innovative ideas and content, particularly around um, distributed infrastructure and um, innovative financing, which really helps to uh, enrich the curriculum for this program. And then they also do a lot of work already with emerging leaders um, and are recognizing some of the best and brightest in the next generation through their impact and emerging leader awards. So we're really happy to um, to have them on board. They are an important part of um, the curriculum development for the program, as well as the implementation of the program uh, for this initial cohort and moving forward into the future. So beyond that, uh, AWWA staff, some, some consultants uh, helping to build the build and implement the program uh, will be the primary people involved in, in the delivery and the instruction and the engagement with the cohort. But beyond that, we are seeking volunteer support um, from experienced water sector leaders that may be interested in, in giving back and sharing of their time and expertise with um, with the next generation of water professionals. So how would I know if I'm a good person to volunteer for this or not? Well, there's information about volunteering at awwa.org slash TWLA. And there are volunteer descriptions that you can actually download from that site and decide whether you might be a match for some of the key positions that you're looking for. Some of those positions that we're really focusing on are opportunities for um, volunteers to lead some of the small group discussions. These are groups of four or five cohort members. Um, and those discussions will give those members a chance to, to touch base, talk through some of the uh, workshop curriculum in greater detail, and also help to advance their, their individual um, capstone projects. And we're also looking for capstone project coaches who are volunteers that can really help provide individual one-on-one -on -one support to cohort participants to, um, to complete their, their capstone projects from start to finish. But beyond that, there's there's lots of different ways that uh, people can potentially volunteer for the program if one of those roles doesn't sound like it's a great match for you. Um, and we appreciate support from water professionals and helping to spread the word, recommending potential um, emerging leaders to participate in the program, um, even sharing your expertise through instruction for a specific workshop if your skill set may be a match for that. Yeah. So let's say someone has applied and, and uh, they're waiting to hear back. When can, when can an applicant expect to have a, a, a yay or nay on their application? 
So applications are due on September 15th. There is some time built in for an application review period, and we expect that selected applicants will be notified um, of their participation in mid-October. The, um, the actual Transformative Water Leadership Academy kicks off in November, and that will give uh, several weeks of preparation time before the first kickoff event, which will be a virtual event held in the month of November. Awesome. And uh, you've mentioned uh, the 50-person the cohort to start this thing off. And I think you mentioned an initial 50-person cohort. for. So this is the inaugural year. What's the plan for future years? Well, this is the inaugural year, as you said, of the Transformative Water Leadership Academy. And we are very much our, our goal is to develop a sustainable program uh, that will be uh, supporting the next generation of water professionals for many years to come. We hope to be able to offer an annual cohort, uh, not only this year, but, but in future years. And, you know, our goal behind that is not only to um, enhance the skills of our emerging leaders in the water sector, but also to build a community of water professionals, to, to build a network, uh, not only of cohort participants, but also of organizations that uh, will come together to support what we're doing in this effort. The way that we're hoping to do this is through establishing what's called the Community Cooperative Alliance. And the Community Cooperative Alliance is a network of national, regional, and local organizations that represent underserved communities and populations. And the goal of building the, um, the CCA, or the Community Cooperative Alliance, is to help facilitate outreach to uh, potential applicants provide and grow a network for participants and help to expand awareness of water utility jobs, again, addressing the workforce challenges that we have in this, this sector, um, and help to be a platform or add additional platforms for sharing results and insights um, from the TWLA participants as we continue the program into the future. Uh, so it sounds like a fantastic uh, program. I really can't wait to see all the great things that uh, you are going to be doing over the next year and multiple years. So uh, with, with that, Barb, do you have a leave behind message that you want to make sure that uh, uh, you leave the, the listeners with? There's a few of them, and I'll start with the most basic one. If what we've talked about during the day's discussion interests you, uh, be sure to visit awwa.org slash TWLA to learn more about the program, to apply for the program, or to learn how you can support the program. We're really aiming on um, preparing the next generation of emerging water professionals to address and meet the challenges of today and tomorrow and hoping to uh, expand the diversity of the water workforce. So we'd encourage anyone interested to apply, um, you know, whether or not you feel you meet every criteria, uh, put your name in there for consideration and we are more than happy to review your application. And for those of you who may be more seasoned professionals such as myself, um, think about how you may support this, this effort, which is really in, uh, targeted towards improving the sustainability of the water workforce for many years to come. And you know, we appreciate your support. And I certainly appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Oh, you bet. Thanks so much. It's been great speaking with you, Barb, and uh, good luck. I, I can't wait to see the work that you've, you're, you're doing. 
Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Well, great job explaining the Transformative Water Leadership Academy by Barb. This is a terrific program that will make an impact. So please, please, please make sure you or someone from your organization applies. Let's get the best possible pool of talent out there so that we can all be better off in the long run. And don't please don't forget about applying for the Water Values Podcast scholarship that we're going to be offering. Again, the application will be available later in September but please email me about getting an application. Again, it's a $2,000, up to $2,000 reimbursement of travel and lodging expenses, things of that nature that are uncovered by the program. And we are very happy here at the Water Values Podcast to provide financial support uh, for a worthy applicant. Again, you can get that on that application list by emailing me at david.mcgimsey at dentons.com. And the application, again, will be available later in September. Well, I'd love to know what you thought about the interview and what you think about the program, the the Transformative Water Leadership Academy. Please check out the show notes page for info and links on this episode, including a link directly to the application. Just Google the Water Values Podcast, click the first link that comes up. Again, that's our landing page on Bluefield Research's website. The Water Values Podcast and Bluefield are not affiliates. We just have a joint marketing agreement, and as part of that, we get a home on the web from Bluefield. And you can tweet about the podcast using the hashtag water values and tweet at me using my handle at DTM1993. You can email me at david.mcgimsey at dentons.com and you can sign up for the newsletter at that landing page I mentioned as well. Well, thank you again for tuning in and I hope you make it a great day. Plus, I want to give a huge thank you to our sponsors. Again, sponsors of the Water Values podcast include Mentor APM, 374 Water, Woodard and Curran, Intera, Xylem, the American Water Works Association, Black and & Veatch, and Can Do. This show wouldn't be possible without those great companies and industry leaders. And again, thank you, the listeners, for your support and your listenership. I can't tell you how good it feels to be part of the water industry with such great and caring and dedicated participants. And I, it's just incredible that I get to work and interact with you on a daily basis. And I can't wait for the Water Values Podcast to support financially and start, start paying back uh, some of the the good good things that have happened to the Water Values Podcast over the years. So thank you so much. Well, in closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values Podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. listening to the Water Values Podcast. Thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me. Well, thank you for tuning in to the disclaimer. I'm a lawyer licensed in Indiana and Colorado, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as providing legal advice or as establishing an attorney-client relationship with you or with anyone else. Additionally, nothing in this podcast should be considered a solicitation for professional employment. I'm just a lawyer that finds water issues interesting and that believes greater public education is needed about water issues. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water.